mic, camera, action. Let's go. Let's go. This for you. You can count. I'm impressed. A drive. Rule one. Never change the deal. Deal is transportation for three men with a combined weight of 254 kilos. Yeah? Well, this is a new deal. An extra 80 kilos means we'll not make your destination on the gas I have allotted. So we'll stop and get more gas. Every stop we make exposes us. Every exposure increases the risk of getting caught. An extra 80 kilos means the Coney shock absorbers I installed for this job will not give us the ability to outmaneuver any police that might be chasing us. Which means, if there is a chase, we lose our advantage. Which also increases the possibility of getting caught. I don't want to get caught. You don't want to get caught. Just drive the car, man, or you're going to catch a bullet to the brains. And who's going to drive? Schultz's sasshole! I drive! Not without the ignition code, you won't. Three men, 254 kilos. That was the deal. Welcome back to the Filmography, the show dedicated to watching every credited film from an actor's complete back catalogue, from past debut through to present day in chronological order. Each episode, I'm joined by an esteemed guest to watch and discuss the next entry from the Focus Filmography and consider how it ranks amidst their career and whether we can trace any typecasting trends or topic traits or theatrical ticks. For episode seven, I'm joined by Champion of the Cult, an angry Andy agitator Dan Bores to discuss the seventh overall, but first proper appearance of the Stafe in the slick indie actioner, The Transporter. We watch, you listen, and hopefully watch along too. So Dan, thank you so much for coming on the show to discuss this perfect action career launcher for the Stafe. Yes, but you broke rule number two. <laughs> no names. No names. No names. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, thank you for having me back. It's am I the first returning guest? You're my first returning guest, yeah. Of course. And I do truly appreciate that. And I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad I kind of snuck in. I know a lot of people have picked their favorites in this, you know, when you asked. Uh and I'm glad I snuck in and got this one because I've forgotten how much I liked it. Mm. Um I you know, I I, always, I I do think it's a bit of an underrated action movie on franchise. Um, but yeah, it was so much fun to return to this and see the Stafe in one of his best, honestly. Mm, I agree. I watched it what, a few nights ago now. I probably could have put it, stuck it on again straight the next day. It's just, it's so much fun. And in terms of this progression we're seeing from him as an actor, this is, and we'll get into it a lot more detail, see, this is the one. This is, this is the true Stafe uh, appearing on our screen for the first time. And it and that that's what's really cool is going back and thinking about when we recorded our Lockstock one and seeing how like, you know, sheepish and nervous and, you know, in the kind of in the background he was. This is right. This is he's putting a like a, 
a stamp on his, this is his thing. This is what I do. And this is what I do best. You know, he did most of the martial arts, most of the stunts. He did most of the driving. He learned how to hotwire for <laughs> one scene, just for one scene. Um, you know, it's it's his vehicle. He's like, this is an absolute showcase for the mm. state. This is your audition. This is audition tape. It's like, put me in more things. And, and obviously, this was chosen for, this was written for him as mm. well. Mm. Straight off the back of the one, like your previous uh, podcast with Blake straight off his appearance in that you know and he still has that American affectation which I forgot <laughs> about I was like I was like no I'm pretty sure he's just cockney in this and then I heard it and I went oh no he is a little bit American now. I mean he is still just uh, cockney this you're right just with a very awful attempt at an American yeah which is uh yeah it's it's not his skill and we he'll he'll learn he'll move mm-hmm. away from it and then that's a good thing and you know and that's part of this state illusion thing mm-hmm. you know we're going to see how he moves and advances his career but i think this is a hell of a you know uh he's he's on the pedestal now there's a pedestal mm-hmm. for him and he's he's only just going to climb to the to the very top the tippy top of this action genre we keep talking about you know see- uh, seeing this the state solution and seeing like these career steps it's amazing how by film seven he's at this point already but also how many times we've spoken about like people creating roles for him like guy Ritchie did it john carpenter didn't create the role for him but he was his first choice for that and that was a mm. you know a big chance to take i know he didn't get the role in the end of desolation it went to um ice cube didn't it but again here like luke besson is a I know he's only the producer here, but he's a proven talent by this point in his career. And he's a proven talent as a producer as well, you know, producing other people's work. So for him to be approaching Jason Statham and saying, like, I've got a role for you, very specific. We know you've got a skill set you've not managed to showcase yet. It's quite amazing. Yeah. I I mean, I I'm whenever I hear the word Luc Besson, mm-hmm. I'm I'm in. Yeah, me 100%, too. I am in. Like, you name it. Like he's had some fuck, even if he's just a producer or a writer, I'm still on board, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and I, I I've always loved his kind of European action adventure stuff. Um, I really always get into it behind it. Like think about Taken, Leon, Colombiana, you know, you name it. Um, there's such good stuff, and I'm glad that he went right. We've got something for you. And you've got uh, Louis Leterrier as well, mm. who was now in the credits, it says he's the artistic director, mm. but really he's kind of a co-director in this from, from what I've read. It reminds me of like what they used to do with the old Bond movies when um, Vic Armstrong used to be part of the team there. It would be, you'd have the name director who would do all the talking scenes and Vic Armstrong would do all the second unit, but really there you meant second unit was all the action scenes. And it feels like yeah. this is the same here. Louis Lettier is doing all the kind of talky staging scenes, whilst Corey N takes charge of anything that's to do with action. Mm, yeah, you can, and I think I think you can tell. But I think, like, I love, I like the work of Louis Lettier. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of the Incredible Hulk film. Um, you know, I've, I can't remember what else he's done off the top of my head, but not a lot. Uh, he's like, become a key figure behind the MCU producing as well, hasn't he? Yeah, I think His so. Name yeah, comes up there's... in a lot of credits for that too. Yeah, I think I think especially early on as well. But um, yeah, I, I I've like I like his energy. I like his style. I think he's a really passionate guy as well. Um, I don't know Corey uh, Yuen so much or his work, but um, when I saw Louis Leterrier pop up, I went, of course. 
Mm-hmm. Of course, he's involved in this. Yeah, um, and I, I mean, just the just those names alone, Louis Terrier and and Luke Besson and Jason Statham. It's mm-hmm. a, you know, uh, it's a it's a, a absolute powerhouse coming into this. And even the like the shots and the direction and the cinematography is actually quite interesting for mm-hmm. like a very basic bare bones action film like some really interesting ways that they move the camera and and frame it and and shoot the scenes as well um especially like i i love a good film that has like a guy a, a wheelman film or a driver film you know like drive or baby driver or the driver you know things like that and uh and i always like that they they have these set rules and they end up breaking them and get some into loads of trouble and things get complicated um which is the thing that frank is actively avoiding throughout mm. this and and i kind of i kind of uh, i get that I, you know i can understand that it's like just keeping it simple and straightforward and you know no risks and stuff um but some of the some of these ac- action sequences are fucking fantastic mm. you know the like i know everyone talks about the daredevil hallway fight scenes but i i'm always i'm always a fan as well of like a cramped you know hallway or area or you know something to make the the actor or stunt performer martial artist struggle and there's quite a few of these there's the scene in the bus there's a scene in the small hallway with the two axes um a shipping container yes yeah that as well um you know some absolute amazing stunt stunt work and stuff Mm. And and the staith is right there. Like it's it's not there's not many people that look like the staith. You can't really get many stunt doubles or or doubles for him. Um and he's there every mm. single shot, every single thing. You know, he's hanging off that truck for real and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, he is in it. And he's like, what I what I love about it as well is he's he's giving it his all. He's like, right, this is it. This is my chance. This is my opportunity. And I'll grab it with both hands and I'm gonna become what I want to become. This is it. This is my trajectory and I'm going to ascend. And and that's exactly what he does in this film, in, in my opinion. Mm, and I completely agree. So in, in line with that sense of, um, you know, Louis Lettier was handpicked by Besson to be the director. So it makes sense that, he, you know, he obviously recognised his skill set because he'd been working for him in, in other capacities. And, you know, Besson's bringing in Corey Yen because of his Hong Kong action expertise. And as you said, we'll get into some of the scenes and we'll break them down because there's some fantastic ones. You sort of outlined the the key ones I was thinking of as well. Mm-hmm. And then also, yeah, the stays picked, handpicked, and this is for him. And you're right, like I watch some behind-the-scenes stuff and it's like pretty much every action scene that wasn't physically going to cause him harm and some that would, he did do. So he got his hair singed, what little of it there is. <laughs> As you said, he was he did he was harnessed underneath the truck in the like the Raiders homage when he goes underneath yeah. the truck in the final scene. Um, all the fight scenes he's in. And to think that this is just not a skill set we've seen from him before is really awesome. And I think you hit the nail on the head. This is my moment. I've got to grasp it. And the way I'm going to grasp it is by being the guy that's in there doing it. The only one I saw in any of the behind the scenes stuff that he didn't do was towards the start when his car explodes. And he right. flies backwards into the bonnet of, of the parked car. That was a stuntman. But I think yeah. all the fighting scenes, and I think, you know, some actors like to big this up and it's not so true. But as you said, it's very hard to find somebody who looks enough like the state to get away with it. And we've all seen the movies where clearly it's a stunt double and looks nothing like him. We've all watched Buffy and Angel where clearly it's stunt doubles <laughs> and they look nothing like them. 
but also because of the way Corian shoots this, and particularly in that like syrup oil slick scene, that's actually a one Like there's no cuts in that at all. It's a camera spinning around Jason Statham in the middle, like constantly doing these like high spinning kicks and taking people out. It has to be him. I mean, there's we're not at the point where technology is doing face mapping. So yeah, I'm sort of backing you up by repeating it and adding a little <laughs> bit more. But yeah, I agree with everything you said. Like this, this, this is the moment I think where everybody suddenly went, "Holy shit, who is this guy, and what is he going to do next?" Mm. But yeah, and again, I think because in a way it's kind of forgotten because it's in quite, like you said, it's only his seventh film. It's quite far back in his catalogue, mm. in the filmography, that unfortunately I think it does get kind of not talked about as much as it probably should be. And, yeah, well, you know, we have action films and we have martial arts films and, you know, they're all different degrees of good, but I think this is like a solid actioner. It's a very basic plot, very bare-bones plot. Mm-hmm. You don't need much. And, again, a lot of the scenes, there's no dialogue. There's mm. just sheer action and there's comedy there's timing there's character there's there's everything you want there's you know there's a sense of humor to it there's like a wry sense of humor um and yeah i think it's it's really solid like it is you know it's a solid for me i don't know I, well we'll rate it at the end i'm sure we're gonna do that um but um it's it's good you know it's it's quality and like you said it just adds so much to his like People haven't seen this in his repertoire, mm. like this sort of stuff. Like he knew, he knew kickboxing. Like he was a kickboxer. He's, you know, he's familiar with that. Um, but he did still went out and, you know, did some more martial arts training to kind of get that kind of look. And his legs are flying everywhere in this. Mm. It's like shoom, 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 like up in people's faces and stuff. And yeah, just, just fantastic. Just all of it, all the way through. And I was like, and I forgot, like I forgot how good it was. I was like, yeah, I was quite, you know, when you said, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, transporter films I quite enjoyed. And then when I came back, I went, fuck yeah, I enjoyed this. I fucking really enjoyed this. This is brilliant. I love it. Yeah, this has real nostalgic memories for me too. Like this one, even more so when you and I discuss the second one again, mm-hmm. when you come back to that, because you're coming back for all the transporters. That one was on seriously hard rotation when me and Rhea were living together in our mid-twenties. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, when I'm in my mid-twenties, yeah. I should probably be in a, in a early to mids because that second one is this film, but with that added, I suppose, Stath is just like, as you said, here he's discovering high, who high he's going to be. It's, yeah, it's yeah, like, like a there, high octane. It's got a more complicated plot. It's more fucking mental. Like it's just mm. like the the first film, but more and like, yeah. America. This is establishing the world, isn't it? Whereas the second yeah. film is like we're we're in from the start, and yeah, it goes to some really stupid places. But I'm here for all of it. Yeah. Very complicated and outrageous yeah. plots and and plan. It's almost like a Bond film in a way. Well, yeah, we're going to mention that later with this one as well. But I think what mm. these films do is they hang off like that. That thread, like you said, you know, you, you name check quite a few things like the driver that came before this, but then obviously drive and baby driver that comes after it. That that wheel man is the is the kernel of this. Whereas Transporter 2 is a bit different. It's the, you know, like the one man mission to rescue. It's the mm. man on fire. It's yes, it's that sense of movie, isn't it? Where mm. it plays with a slightly different genre. I think in mm. terms of where this starts though we'll get a little bit into the plot and how it starts i think you know immediately from the start of this movie whether you're going to like it or not like the tone is established so you have 
Jason Satham like turning up to the first robbery, like the first mission where he's the the wheel man to get them away. And we have the three, four, well, it's supposed to be three, but we have the four guys <laughs> getting into the car and they have the debate about one's going to have to get out. I'm not going to be able to do this, but I'm just going to sit here and the police are all around the car. And it's wacky and it's silly. And then the car chase is very kind of hyper-realistic, I suppose is the way I'd call mm. it. And for me, it's like well, five minutes, 10 minutes into this movie, all right, I know what I'm getting and I'm here for it. But I can understand that probably some people immediately may have checked out. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think because he's so cool, like obviously the comedy comes because they're so like, oh my God, we're going to die. And, yeah. you know, we're robbing the bank and they're, they're all like high energy. And he's just like, yep, you, one of you got to get out. Mm. Just like, just he's just deadpan. you know, deadpan, stone cold. He's like, this was the deal. You changed the deal, so I'm not going anywhere. So do whatever you want. If you kill me, because he's got a code to start the ignition mm. uh, for the for the car. So he's like, you, you can't even you can't drive this without the code. So kill me if you want, whatever. Um, but yeah, I can see why. I think there is like yeah, there is a bit of goofy humor here and mm. there, and there's a bit of silly humor, but. I think for the most part it works. Mm. The humor when it when it does come, um, I don't think it's. There's nothing where it's like, I, I, there was never a moment where I was like that joke didn't land or that joke didn't work or that shrug or that moment or that you know. There's there's never where I was like, oh, this is uncomfortable. It's bad. Or it's cheesy. Um, you know, there is there is some stuff in it where I'm like, okay, maybe maybe a bit much. But I also know the type of film this is. Um, but yeah, I think. I think, yeah, I think it, it kind of tells you what it's going to be from the get-go. It kind of, it says, right, do you like action? Do you like driving? And that and that sequence alone, I think, is one of the best mm. bit, bits of, like, I know everyone talks about car chases in movies and what the, what's the best car chase ever. But I think that's, a, again, even if it's not one of the best, it's definitely in the top 50, at least, I'd <laughs> say, or or top 100 or whatever you want to call it. It's, it's in there. It's a, it's a contender for a mm. good car chase. Um, and, and it's great. It's got loads of twists and turns, a lot of things going on. You've got the guy throwing up and, you know, mm. there's all this little, these little bits, uh, you know, the one-liners and everything. But, yeah, just, again, really solid bit of directing and stunt driving as well. It's just incredible. Good stuff. I think the comedy works because it's knowing, isn't it? It kind of yeah, it accepts what it is and it knows it's wacky. And I, I think that you know, I'm just going to repeat myself. It it's establishing its t- its tone. It's saying like this is what we are, and we're just going to have fun with it. And I think most of that comes from the score, which I've seen a few people online, you know, doing some research into reviewing and stuff, being quite critical. But I think the score and the soundtrack is used so perfectly to set like either the right tone or the wrong tone. But I think, I think completely deliberately, I think it either, it knows what it's doing all the time. I, th- I think you're right. Cause I do remember like, what is going on? Like it's, it's so, it's so varied. Mm. Like it's, it, it just takes some weird and wacky turns, but again, so does the film. Mm-hmm. Like we're in this very like peaceful, tranquil, I think it's Nice. Are they in, they're in Nice, South of France. I want to say, yeah. um, and uh, you know, and they've got the French cops there, and and stuff, and and yeah, it is a very tranquil. But then all of a sudden, it'll be like, oh, I need to go pee, and all this other silly stuff, and mm-hmm. and and I, I do think like comedy's tricky as well, like internationally, because like even comedy within the UK, 
like a, a joke that will land in the northwest isn't necessarily land in the southeast you know i remember i had some polish friends come and see me do some comedy sketch show stuff uh, when i was still acting and they came and they were very supportive and, and they they enjoyed it but they didn't particularly find it funny but mm-hmm. and that's why that's why i kind of realized i was like yeah like you know it's it's humor's such a like subjective thing like no matter where you are and what what your background is you know some stuff people just don't enjoy like i i enjoy all forms of comedy but there is that kind of like almost jackie chan style like humor mm-hmm. in it mm-hmm. as well i know and i i don't think that i don't think that's a that's a bad comparison because there is a lot of jackie chanisms i would say in this especially with a with the grease fight i'm sure we'll get into is a very, is a very jackie chan yeah the use of space and the the objects in the space around him is definitely yeah Absolutely, in those like cramped, you know, the cramped places where mm-hmm. he's trying to fight, and it's you know, it's just it's just done a bit more seriously than oh my god, I don't want to hurt you, but I'm actually murdering you now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that that kind of like uh, Jackie Chan reluctant like uh, you know, uh, which is amazing, which I love, you know, I love Jackie Chan and all that and what he does, and that's you know so original um, at the time, and and yeah, and there is there is a yeah there is an edge of that. It's like a serious Jackie Chan mm-hmm. um, kind of idea mixing that eastern and western driver aesthetic and that driver kind of framework with that kind of more eastern martial arts yet with a sprinkling of kind of european flavor mm. as well which is i think is a, a oh it's like it's like a souffle it's like a lovely <laughs> a lovely souffle all these parts coming together and rising to the top and making an excellent it doesn't doesn't for one moment pop and you know let all the air out it's it's good it's a good kind of and i i, I also like I, I would forget things and then i would sort of remember half remember them i was like does he like I, I think i said this before like in a podcast where it's like oh where's that cool i think it was on femme on film with uh, with ria and i was saying oh there's this really cool thing i remembered it always kind of lives rent free in my head and then I'm like, where is that from? And then watching the transporter again, I was like, I think he does this now. And it's like, yep, this happens. Mm-hmm. This goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember these bits. You know, it just kind of comes back to you in kind of slow increments, and you're like, oh shit, yeah, this is great. Um, but yeah, it's such a such a fun film. But I, like I said, the plot is really basic. It's really mm-hmm. simple. Again, you've got the driver sticks to the rules usually. And he's Except given a for the job. one time he doesn't, of course. Exactly, exactly. This one time, and you know he gets the. He always has the weight. He follows his rules, which is one: the deal is the deal. Whatever deal is made has to stick, uh, or it's off. The whole thing. Uh, rule number two is uh, no names. He doesn't want to be involved. And then the third. What, what was the third one? I've forgotten now. Um, never open the bag. Never open. The yeah, bag. yeah. Never look in. Never look at what they missed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so he's he's very much like a reluctant hero type. He doesn't want to be involved. He doesn't want any names. He doesn't want to be implicated. He doesn't want it to be used against him. And again, he doesn't want to use guns. He doesn't want to. Again, it's this driver kind of you know stereo this uh, archetype of the driver, the mm. real man, and uh, doesn't want to get involved in the violence. Doesn't want to go in the bank. Doesn't. He's just there to drive. That's all he does, and he does it very well. But when he doesn't drive and he does get involved. He can fuck everybody up. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So you find like, out really quickly. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is why he doesn't, because everybody dies. Um, but there's—I don't think there's a lot of murder necessarily. There are murders in it that he kills. But I know I what you I mean. Don't... He tends to maim rather than murder. Yeah. yeah. 
he doesn't tend to actively kill them unless he kind of, it's almost like the Spider-Man thing where he jumps out of the way of the villains and they kill themselves. Mm. There's a bit of that where it's like the other guys are accidentally killing the other people. But yeah, initially it was only, it's only towards the end when it ramps up and we know about the container and what's in the container uh, and stuff. But yeah, it starts off and he, he's done the job. So it's kind of a, a bit like James Bond as well, because mm. he has the first job. He has the prologue. This is what he does. This is the end of this adventure. On to the next one. This is this new job, you know. And he always checks the weight, and he he um, he changes his vehicle depending on what kind of job it is, and what's going to be required. Um, and I like that. And he's like, "Oh well, the suspension won't work because there's too many of you." Mm-hmm. And again, he sh- they shoot the guy and throw him out, which is a great bit of dark humor. He's like, "Right, let's go." Um, and we find out that in the bag there is a, is a young Chinese girl um, uh, called Lai. I want to say Lai. Yeah, I think they call her Lai, which is obviously. Yeah. Got to get called back on later on, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, that's a proper shit name, but a proper shit like gag as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's yeah, a yeah. Wo- she's a woman, and we <laughs> obviously she's called Lie. Can't trust her. Um, but yeah, we find out that she is potentially being human trafficked, mm-hmm. um, and that she's part of um, this kind of thing, and and obviously very reluctantly, you know. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but did he pay? Does he pay for that first orangina as he leaves? <laughs> it's like, on my list of things to do, and it's on. It's a, there's a great mention of it on a review. I'm going to read later. No, <laughs> okay. he doesn't. He does. He just grabs bastard. it. He just walks. I was, up with it, doesn't he? Because I was like, I was like, because he grabbed. He what gets up? He goes, grabs it, and and then I'm like, did he leave any change? Did he like throw some change <laughs> down? And I was like, no, he just fucking robbed that that mm. poor that poor French businessman. He's he's starving. His whole family's starving now because he's stolen orangina. Uh, but yeah, we get that, and he slowly, slowly kind of softens, and, and very much like a Mandalorian Baby Yoda type thing, where he's like, he's the harsh cold man he's like mm-hmm. oh, i don't i'm not i don't do soft stuff and eventually he's you know he, he lets us speak but even even then he's like, he's like i can't get involved i've got to keep my distance and it's gonna ruin my job and you know and obviously the more he gets involved with her and and you know she kind of finds it there's a really a really shite moment where she's like just walking through the house and knocks this big box off and it just happens to have all of his like army records and mm. photos and everything about his life and I with just a thought, real photo of the state as a young man holding a monkey yeah yeah I, thought, I, I was like i was like oh yeah they've not even just like tried to work that in it's just like it's a, not a like genuine... a horrible photoshop job that's a genuine jason statham like original yeah from his past he knows what was going on <laughs> but uh yeah that was i just thought that that was a bit forced that bit i was like you didn't need to like there's a better way he's of, human of... after all yeah, but there's there's better ways of storytelling wise of getting that information without her just going do you know and knocking something over. Uh, silly me. Boom. But yeah, I was like, yeah, I didn't particularly care for that bit. But yeah, she gets involved and she asks for his help and she finds out that there's a container full of well, he finds out there's a container full of people and basically from there you know, they get in, in more and more danger, in more and more trouble. They've got a, a French police officer who he's friends with, kind of, you know, they, he knows that he's mm-hmm. a that he's a illegal driver for these jobs and he's, you know, but it's, there's a kind of playful kind of back and forth mm-hmm. that they have. They're not, they're not friends, but they're not like enemies either and they kind of respect each other. Um, and again, I think that's kind of within the, the kind of driver, wheelman kind mm-hmm. of archetypes as well. There's always that guy who kind of knows what's going on. And... Um, 
and then they, you know, they have to escape, and obviously the transport almost gets blown up. And you've got the the guy from Blade Two and and Fast and Furious mm. as the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Matt Schultz. I like this guy as a, a, a I like him as a bad guy. He's good. He's good. Sle- he's a good sleazy. Yeah, sleazy absolutely. villain. I think there's a lot. There's a line in uh, Blade Two I always remember that comes from him, and he's like, he's uh, is he Chupa or something in Blade Two? Isn't Chupa. he? Yeah, yeah. Chupa. He goes, uh, what does he say in Blade 2? He goes, uh, you're one hillbilly, hillbilly cunt hair away from kick <laughs> shit to heaven. And I was like, that's quite a line. That is. <laughs> he's quite Delivered a with a plum. Anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, he's called Wall Street in this, which is another wicked character name. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's a good one. But yeah. Um, but yeah, he's proper sleaze bag. Like he's a sleazy, mm. he kills his he kills his friend by well, his, his henchman by shoving a little napkin down his throat and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a he's a proper sleaze bag. But yeah, that's that's basically the the plot, and that's kind of all you need, though. It's like the I mean, arguably hero. that's more than you need, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. you know, he he's a guy who drives cars, he breaks his rule this one time. To be fair, for Shu Kui in two thousand and two. I'd probably break my rules as well. Yeah, fair I enough. I can see why he'd be drawn drawn to her as a mm. as a young woman. And then, yeah, chaos and she's as net. And then we have this kind of Thanks. twist two thirds of the way through into the third act, where it's turned into this human trafficking plot. But really, yeah. it's just a, a vehicle. Uh, it's just a it's just a it's just a way to get him into into a new action scene and to give him a sure. bit more motivation, isn't it? Yeah, basically, and. Uh... And yeah, there is a bit of a weak twist where she's actually the daughter of the guy who's doing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the human trafficking, which I was like, eh. it doesn't really add up to a lot. No, no, it just like it was just like, oh no, she's fighting her own father, or she's going to kill her own father, or you know, I was kind of like, eh. it, it just it's just more it's just more of an excuse to see her be abused really in this film, and I'm like, yeah. And uh, there was a bit of cheesecake when they come out out of the water, out of the snorkeling and diving stuff. And she's like, you know, but again, it's kind of part and parcel of of this. It is. It is. I think that's the one moment of objectification for her is a shot where from yeah. behind, from like bottom level, wasn't there? To be yeah. fair, the state is equally objectified in this movie. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. He's, he's well, I mean, he's even greased up, isn't he? He's he even is. greased up for the ladies. Ooh. So according um, to my new, my new tally chart, uh, thank you, Mike. Thank you once again. I counted three times, three times we've got a topless state in this movie. Nice. Nice. So, you know, this is, you know, by, by far the sexiest state performance, I think. And he gets a snog and he gets a shag in this movie. So. Oh, nice. He's, 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 he's doing well. He's doing well. So it's working out transporting. That, mm-hmm. that, absolutely. That, that job yeah, yeah. is absolutely paying off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, what a what a what a fun film. Like it's just yeah. it's a blast. It's a it blast. is. I think as you, as we said several times, it's just the plot doesn't really matter. It, it's just there to hang action scenes off and chance yeah. a chance for him to show off, for Corey Yen to show off. And you know, I'm not um underplaying Louis Lettier's role here at all. Like yeah. He, you know, he was involved in action scenes too. He just mm. let Corian take charge because it was his, yeah. his skill set had been doing it for, for decades. And But I think really it's one of those movies that you don't want to think about the plot too much. You just want to enjoy the scenes that put put there in front of you. And you want to see a little bit of character growth, which you do see. Mm. Uh, but really what we're here for is the actor growth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think... There is a lot of, like, again, like we were saying at Lockstock, there's been a huge 
huge evolution. I think you've you guys have seen it and spotted it throughout everyone, throughout Snatch and and all the other ones, the one and everything. And uh, I've not listened to your Mean Machine one just yet, but uh, I'm sure that will be equally as good. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think this is it. Like you, he has the confidence, the poise, the ability. It's all there. Like mm. this is it. This is the whole package. I think we said it earlier. And he delivers like everything you want. This is the Jason Statham movie. This is what now. Well, this is the Statham movie. Yeah. This is the Statham movie. This mm. is yeah. Like we talked about, he's not the, like in Lockstar. So we talked that he's not the Statham really mm. there, but it's coming through very, you know, very gingerly. It's 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 peering through the veil. This is it. This is the Statham. This is the mm. first the Statham movie, and this sets the standard for what people come to expect from the state and mm-hmm. his movies going on the, you know even though i feel like unfortunately it's a bit kind of forgotten um a little bit uh you know there's there's been more state movies there's been similar state movies um you know mileage may, may vary on which one you think is which ones you prefer but i think this is absolutely solid and a great starting point from again, this is this is his Pokemon evolution. You know, we've, we've had our Charmander. <laughs> this is our this is our uh, Charmeleon, if I remember rightly, and then Charizard. Um, but yeah, those we're, are just words to me. I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm, I think I might be t- on the two end of the age scale for that one. Oh, just only just only just. Um, but yeah, so that was that's kind of like you can sort of see it's it's coming, and this is I think his first proper like big. Mm. evolutionary jump like mm-hmm. and like you said only seven films in and from what we've seen of him again this is like this is my skill set these are the type i think this is him saying these are the type of films i want to do mm. Mm. as well this is him going i love this i'm good at this i want to do this you know like you, like we said in the first podcast you know what was it stallone mm-hmm. um redford you know uh, i think it's, it's stallone it was uh steve mcqueen Stephen Queen. It was Clint yeah. Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, sure. And yeah. his favorite actor and his favorite movie is Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon. So, yeah, I don't think he was comparing himself to him, but that is, no. you know, he, he's his acknowledged favorite performance and favorite movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm glad I was. That's exactly what I wanted to go next. Was that you mm-hmm. and I discussed in that first episode those people who he looked up to, and you can see again, once again, you can see that in this performance. You can see that Stephen McQueen in the driver side and you can see the Clint Eastwood stoicness and kind of retrograde masculinity to begin with in his relationship yeah. with Lai that sense of like don't talk in the morning yeah I like it quiet and it's all a little bit uncomfortable but sure it's it, it's it's meant to be in order to show that little bit of, I mean it's it's very um broadly done but it's meant to show a bit of character development yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, he's 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 lived a very comfortable life, comfortable existence. And independent you know, he, and by himself. And as indep- well. Yeah, mm. exactly. So he's he's not used to having like I, you know, I I live mostly alone as well. I think if somebody came into my life, there would be some adjustment, you know. Mm-hmm. There would be, you know, it's not gonna be like, you know, it's not gonna be all roses all the time. There's gonna be moments where I'm like, just leave me the fuck alone, please. Uh, <laughs> there's gonna be moments where I just want a bit of peace and stuff. So I can understand where he's coming Even from. Even when you have a house full of people, you still feel that way believe me exactly and <laughs> yeah and uh, you know even at a party you can feel quite lonely mm. or you can feel like the opposite you're like fuck what am i doing here i feel weird or out of place or you know maybe i just want some some peace and quiet and you know I, and that's I, I think i think he unfortunately it's yeah it does come across a little bit like 
you know, not misogyny, I'd say, but there's no. a bit of a, there's a, there's something to be said for this young, innocent, you know, you know, she's doing all the cooking and cleaning and all this sort of stuff. And he's like, yeah, my, my coffee, be quiet. Rrr. But again, that's, it, it could be, it could be done worse. I think, I think there's a, they just about do it where it's kind of comfortable. And it's not, you mm. know, I think he's not asking her to do anything. She's doing it. And yeah. that even when she's pouring him the coffee, he's like uncomfortable about like, I don't need you here pouring me coffee. Like actually just, he said she can go to be fair. Hasn't yeah. he? He's like, you do what you want. So mm. I agree. Like it, it feels dated, but it yeah. doesn't feel kind of toxic. It's not, I wouldn't say it's problematic. You know, no. we've talked about this in other films, stuff on my podcast, you know, stuff, you know, you've done as well and other stuff in Comics in Motion as well and other podcasts. There is a lot of problematic stuff in things, but there's nothing in here where I was like, this is really dated, mm. that it's so dated that it's problematic. It is dated and, you know, I, I don't think the, you know, some of the writing for her is the strongest, I wouldn't no. say that. And the, and those scenes aren't as, as good as they maybe could be. Um, fair play to her, though. She didn't speak any English. Mm. So to to learn the, those lines like phonetically and uh, and I know I know behind the scenes they didn't really talk, um, but I think that kind of helped their relationship the way it does because mm-hmm. obviously they're supposed to be quite separate and not really understand each other and very different people, you know, and and that I think that helps with the the acting involved, um, you know, and it's 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 there, you know, it's 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 fun. She's sweet and and she comes across really well and mm. sweet and lovable and and caring and you know her acting is I actually think her acting is really good in this. You know, when yeah. she gets the, the opportunity to do it, I think she's really strong. And she does um, earn agency throughout the movie. She starts absolutely. off as this kind of damsel in distress, quite literally. But um she she it's takes like, control of her own fate and actually she gets Jason Statham's character, Frank Martin, the transporter, to do what she wants by the third mm-hmm. act. Yeah. So I, I think that she's weak to begin with in terms of the writing, I agree. Not in terms of the performance or... No, 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 no. But I think in terms of writing. But I think, again, maybe not all purposefully, but I do think that there's a reason for that. So she has somewhat of an arc. Mm. Yeah. Well, she's on like the opposite trajectory of Statham. He's softening mm. and she's kind of hardening. Mm-hmm. So she's like, you know, and 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 we see that towards the end of the film that she's she will do certain things and you know and and certain things she we don't see her do in in the beginning of the film mm-hmm. or wouldn't, wouldn't expect her to do. And obviously there is that you know she's not telling the exact truth and she's maybe manipulating him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there is that kind of slight. I wouldn't say it's a femme fatale, but there's there's sprinklings of that that idea of a femme fatale um and yeah and i think i think it does it does work and and again they kind of they work off each other quite well i think the chemistry is there and it, mm-hmm. it shows towards the end of the film it's good it's good i'm happy <laughs> she did call him a cute big boy in the in the press you know about their relation what's your relationship like and as you said they, they couldn't talk very much had an interpreter yeah it was uncomfortable but you know her words. He is a cute big boy. I bet he's a teddy bear. I bet oh, he is. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I bet. I bet you get him. Get him alone, or you know, get him. You know, you know. Maybe maybe a few drinks and stuff. I think. Mm-hmm. I think he would. I think he's a big soft teddy bear. But the persona, mm. the what he's trying to sell, is the hard man. Like you were talking about Bruce Lee as as well. I definitely got some Bruce Lee like stare vibes. You know, where Bruce Lee gives you that look, mm-hmm. like you, you're in trouble. 
you're in big trouble. Like those those looks he had, the use of his eyes, yeah, really expressive in this. There is no um, sense that the transporter Frank is ever truly in danger, and for some movies that's a problem. I saw Jurassic World Dominion last weekend with my eldest, and I absolutely love that film. Weird tangential side has no comparison sure. to the transporter at all. But there is that sense of like no jeopardy for our main characters. We know they're all going to be okay. Sorry, spoilers for Jurassic World Dominion, but shock horror, all the main characters are okay. And there's no jeopardy for, for him in this either. But I think that's because, as you said, a bit like a Bruce Lee vehicle, we know how well he can handle himself. So therefore the, the joy comes in seeing him doing the handling. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I think it's like, because it's, it's also like we, it's the revealing it's the slowly revealing mm-hmm. of his skill mm-hmm. sets mm-hmm. as well like you said i don't i don't want you know we we get the idea that he's like kind of a pacifist that he doesn't want to get involved with violence or or hurting people when he can avoid it you know he's he's doing the deal he's doing you know he's playing nice he'll you know it puts up with the the kind of sleazier side of people he's just like i'm here to do this get in get out done simplicity uncomplicated that's the way I live my life. And, you know, and it works up until this particular story. And we see that. And, and I think every situation brings something more out. Like mm. it's a bit more like we see a bit more of his martial arts skills. We see a bit more of his driving skills. And, um, you know, and he's he's driving like, you know, a shitty car. Or he's getting in that boat, you know, that little boat he's got and and everything. And yeah, and I yeah, it's 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 great. But yeah, there is. I think there's there's something to be said about like again the the script is there's very you know it's very sparse the script and there's these moments but again you don't need it because Stath is the Stath mm. you know it's he's carrying it it's his mm. vehicle it's charisma isn't it it's charisma it's um, you know confidence it's the just that stage presence as mm-hmm, well like mm-hmm. he has it like you're you're looking you're watching him you know you are watching him throughout this entire film you know no matter what yeah yeah the accent's a bit dodgy sure mm-hmm. but everything else like it's it's everything else for me is firing on all cylinders mm. uh, in this with his stunt work and the, the amount of fighting he does himself and the amount he takes on in terms of the you know the harnessing and all that kind of thing he's somewhat of a British answer to Tom Cruise in a way and I think in terms of that obviously very different people and very different performers but I mean in terms of like the amount that they take on in terms of the risks they take and the stunts they perform it gives it that sense of kind of verisimilitude or like it makes it tangible it makes it more exciting because we know it's that person there doing that in the moment rather than you know like facial CGI mapping with Pierce Brosnan on a fake surfboard yeah. or and Vin no, Diesel and, not actually surfing in triple X down a and all that stuff. Like they're there and we know they're there and they are yeah. they are in danger, even though it's yeah, absolutely in danger. And this is the era where we're coming out of the it's early 2000s, we're coming out of the 90s. We're not quite there with the CGI stuff, though mm. they do they do use a lot of effect. Like I noticed it because they use a fair bit of like digital gunfire and gunshots mm-hmm. and stuff. But again, didn't take me out of it. I was just like, yeah, it's digital, it's fine, um, you know. But yeah, like you said, he's there, he's in the moment. They're in Nice, they're shooting on location. It gives it an authenticity that mm. you know 
x-men apocalypse didn't have you know or something like <laughs> what that a great you know, example to pop into your head because that is yeah just, yeah exactly it's just it's just you know just michael you know bloody what's his face magneto on a green fast screen just, yeah fast fender yeah he's just like mm, this yeah <laughs> what an exciting action scene oh you know i'm just pulling at the magnetic field so yeah so, and these two the movie that talk- makes oscar isaac like a bad actor i mean that's Ooh, a feat yeah. in itself Exactly, exactly. Very, very Egyptian theme, though. He, he was, uh, he was, uh, you know, every, everyone has their, everyone has their MCU, uh, you know, their MCU kind of um, uh, redemption, don't they? Mm-hmm. Everyone has, the, they do the bad comic book movie and they come back to the MCU, they do a good one. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, I can see that. I can see there's, there's something to be said for, and also it, it shows that you, the, it shows the audience that they care. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I'm doing this for you. Mm-hmm. I'm putting myself at harm's way. I'm putting it at risk because I want you to be involved in that moment, believing it, as opposed to just being like, "Oh, just paint me on, or do this, or do that, or get stunt double in, or get somebody else." I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna wear these bloody massive contact lenses that cover my entire eye while I can hang off this plane. You know, there is something to like. You know, Tom Cruise, I'm not, I've not got like, I don't love Tom Cruise. I'm not mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm a Tom Cruise fanboy. But those Mission Impossible movies for me are great. Mm-hmm. They just get better. The more they go on, they just get better and better and better for me, which is, you know, very unusual for a franchise, but they do constantly up the ante. And I really enjoy them, you know, and, and it's, you know, Bond's fine. You know, I like Bond, you know, I like spy movies, I like espionage. Um, but I, I genuinely think that they're kind of underrated films as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think there is something to be said in this day and age of green screen and blue screens and CGI this, CGI that. Um, the fact that he is going toe-to-toe, like full-on, doing the work, practicing, rehearsing, taking, like you said, setting himself on fire, taking the hits, mm-hmm. and and just giving it, giving it his absolute all, you know. Mm-hmm. And again. So, uh, maybe a lesser actor would half-arse it or not not give it 100% or not, you know, learn how to fucking hotwire a car or drive or fucking, you know, all the other stuff that he does, all the martial arts and everything. He he went, this is my opportunity. And again, grabbed it with both hands. Mm. As we're here, let's break down the action scenes then. So I think sure. the first one to... You've mentioned, and I think in good detail, the first driving scene. But I think mm. we'll, we want to get into like the actual, you know, Fisty cuffs the martial arts, the ass kicking. Yeah. And the first one is when he storms Wall Street's compound, isn't it? His like villa after they've attempted to blow him up. So he's mm. delivered lie and then left and he's given him another job. And whilst he's doing that job, he's stopped again at his little cafe to have another little snack, which seems to be another rule. That's the fourth unsaid rule. <laughs> I always have to stop for a snack on each drive. Yeah. <laughs> And their car blows up. So he, the next thing we see, I, I quite, I really like this edit. How like the car's blown up. As you just said, he's been on fire. He sort of straightens himself out, and the way the state does, and he's annoyed. And the next cut is like him suddenly bashing the shit out of people, like he's knocking down doors and bashing in heads. But what do you think of this scene? I love that shot where he knocks on the door. Mm. They go up there, look at look at the peephole, and then <laughs> the next thing we see him is just flying, kicking mm. the door down. I love it. I think it's again, it's utterly ridiculous, it's bizarre, and like it's going to take more than the state to knock that door in. But I loved it. And then there's this. He kind of does this kind of bull uh, fighter spin. Mm. Then all the cards go up in the air, and the gun is spinning. He catches it. Bam, bam, bam. Takes him out. 
just yeah and then that just goes into the the rest of the fight sequence but i think what a what a bombastic way to to see this guy who's like i only drive that's all i ever do i'll, I'll do what they say i'll mm. take the money he's briefly taken out the cops earlier hasn't he but we didn't really get to see any of that skill set this is a yeah the cops when they when they come along and he's got um he's putting lie back in the boot isn't he he takes them out really quickly. And then yeah, he them yeah, we get a little bit of that. But this is the flavor. first like visual. Yeah, they kind of just he kind of throws lie at them, and then he's just like, mm. pop, 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 and he's like, oh shit. <laughs> what I really appreciated here, there's two things I really loved in this scene. I love the music. I think it's called Fighting Man, and it's it, it it's so awful that it's so good. <laughs> it's one of the you know like you know we say like movies are so bad they're so good. This this piece of music is so bad it's so good and it just perfectly fits it's like i don't know what it is about it i absolutely love it, it just makes you smile makes me feel happy and i really have the scene you were talking about like the tight corridors and he's mm. fighting two guys with axes and they're swinging at him and he's ducking and he's like lifting his legs at the right moment and what's great is they both attack him at the same time it's so rare in movies you normally get that now it's my turn now it's my turn and we criticize films for this sense mm. of that wouldn't happen in real life. Both would attack at the same time. And they do here, and he still kicks both their asses. It's awesome. Yeah. And again, like to to choreograph not only a good fight scene, but to do one where there's a lack of move uh, mobility and movement. And it, it's it's those quick like kind of changes, mm. those quick snap, snap movements to to do it. And it's it's seamless. And again, it's not it's not cut very you don't cut very often. No. It's you know, it's all him, it's all, you know. And that's um, that's the Hong Kong background there because they want to show you the moves. Exactly, exactly. That's that's the background and that's the way they do it and the mm -hmm. way. And I think I think that adds to it as well. If it was a mm -hmm. Western thing, it'd be like cut, 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 cut. Uh, cut on, angle, cut on the angle. punch or cut on the impact. Generally, I yeah. think somebody said it in a previous episode. I can't remember if it was a meal or one I've listened to to hide the fact that actors can't do it. Absolutely, yeah, that's exactly right. But he can, and he mm. is. And and this will go on, you know, as you go through your filmography, where like he's already worked with Jet Li, he'll work with Jet Li again, mm -hmm. even though I'm not not particularly a fan of that film and how it ends. Um, you know, he, uh, the war that is. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I thought I forgot about the Expendables. I was like, yeah, Jet Li's in that as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, like there's 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 a reason why they, you know, Stallone goes to him and Jet Li goes to him and all these other kind of big, you know, the Rock. And all the Fast and the Furious guys go to him because he's he's set the standard. He's set his this is his um, you know he set his stall out basically mm -hmm. in this film. He's gone. This is all my bits. You like this? I'll sell you this. I'll sell you this. I'll sell mm -hmm. you this. This is the stuff I do well. This is the stuff I've made. This is the stuff I can do. You know, take your pick, whatever you want. But this he's is what sort I do of the best. yeah. Well, and he's sort of the last bastion. He's sort of the last action hero in a way of this this type of movie i'm not sure mm. i've seen a lot of people referring you know to to neo action which is you know your, your john wicks and mm. where where we've kind of kicked on again and the genre has changed i think mm. jason Bourne perhaps is, is another person we could yeah. point the finger at as being a bit responsible for this this change but statham fits in with the stallone era but is bringing it forward into the future he really is a kind of the last one i think that that we can hold up in that regard and say so it makes sense that as you said Stallone gave him the call and said I need somebody yeah. to be my number two in Expendables it's going to be you and like could you imagine anybody else in this role around this time mm. uh, you know you know that in 2002 yeah early 2000s could I'm you struggle imagine there would be mm. 
someone who's that good at martial arts, has the charisma, has the acting chops, has the ability to, mm. to deliver, you know, and it's not Van Damme, it's, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not Stallone, it's not Seagal. I know, mean, I love Van Damme, but I mean, Van Damme yeah. can split and he can kick, but he can't really act. No, probably not. But um, but but there you go. Like who who was the next generation? Who was the the new person to to fill the that gap of the you know maybe the script isn't great, maybe this isn't so great, but you know we'll raise it up. You know mm-hmm. how many you know how many Stallone movies are not great, but at least Stallone is Stallone, and how many Arnie movies are not great, but Arnie is still Arnie. Mm-hmm. You know we'll we'll, we'll forgive Willis. it for that. Mm-hmm. Bruce Willis, yeah, exactly. You know and you know. There's there's so many of those where you're like, oh, that was a clunker, but but he was good in it, or mm-hmm. I'll watch it for him, you know. And and again, we don't really we still have kind of movie stars and stuff, but it's very rare that people will go out of their way to watch that one person in that one thing mm-hmm. because they like them. It's very rare we get that now. It's more about franchises and multiverses and stuff. But I think uh, I think you're right. I think uh, this is he is arguably the last action hero. That I can that I can think of really because mm-hmm. a lot of you know fair play to actors that they, they want to you know they don't want to be pigeonholed into you know horror and stuff I get it you know you like variety but I also quite respect the actors that do stay in that kind of you know horror wheelhouse or an action wheelhouse like I kind of res- um I guess there is um oh, what's his name Scott um oh, Scott Atkins Scott Atkins yeah, yeah I guess and, he's and kind Dwayne of, Johnson I mean yeah Dwayne sort Johnson, of the yeah. three. Yeah, I could I could probably say those. They're probably the the other kind of part of that generation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but other, other than that, I can't think of anybody else mm-hmm. really. It's it's a quite a rare. It's a rare. It's you know it's it's that whole like triple threat. Like he's the triple threat. He can do the driving. Mm-hmm. He can do the acting. He can do the martial arts. Like mm-hmm. that version of the triple threat. And and yeah, it's 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 great. And and it's and it was written for him. And I can't imagine anybody else in that role. No, and Scott Atkins is a great shout. He is really talented, but he has found himself almost being the B movie, the B list Jason mm-hmm. Statham. I don't, I, I, I'm not slighting his talent at all. No, I think that's where he seems to have fallen, and Statham mm-hmm. seems to have got the, the A list jobs. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, maybe we just need to get those guys together. That sounds awesome. That would be a good fight. <laughs> I think we're in for a good, good, good fight. Um, but yeah, was there anything else you wanted to say about that that scene? Or I just think I think what you said was really interesting that when it's tight and it's the small moves, but then when it does broaden out, we do get to see the full range of the state of mobility. Like he can do like he does like a split kick and takes two the two guys mm. out at the same time. He does like spinning. We need Chris here really to tell me the names of things, but he does like flying <laughs> like a round kicks. His, roundhouse kicks. And yeah. Stuff. Very, like, very Chuck Norris kind of so thing. He's very yeah. like technical, like he hits these technical points as well as the kind of, you know, the physicality, like close combat points. And it, it looks good as well. He's mm. like he's selling it. The actors are selling it. And like visually those legs, like you, you don't think of him as a tall guy, but those mm. legs are like flying up, flying up, like past up, up into people's faces and heads. And, and especially during the, I'm sure we'll get onto it in the next fight scene, but um, the next couple of fight scenes and stuff. But yeah, I, I thought it's a it's a great way to go. I'm here. I've arrived. Mm. Kind of thing. Mm. Uh, literally, literally kicking the door down in so many ways, like action wise. You know, he's kicking the door in. You know, in within the film, but also he's kicking the door open for his action hero career. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. 
So the next one I think would be the contain. There's the containers, isn't there? Like the big shipping containers. Yes. There's a big fight yeah. just before we get into the bus depot. And again, I really like this one because it's another case of like multi characters taking on one at the same time. We've up the ante now. It's three actually. And this is where some of the Jackie Chan stuff comes in. He's using the shipping container doors mm. to block, and then he traps them within the doors, either like pressing against another container, and then you cut the doors together and traps them in, in the door. So there's some really like clever, creative moves going on there. Mm. I, I, I really, I really enjoy that. Again, there's uh, he's jumping up and he's playing and he's he's messing around to kick him in the face. Like there's so many levels they're playing on as mm. well. So you've got three people, but you're also it's like top, middle, bottom, and, and in and out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in and out and through mm. and under and and he's still again can't you literally can't touch him. He's like foom foom foom. And it's and it's there's no like there's no it's it's very like like uh, like bruce lee be like water be like water you know it, it's fluid movement there's no mm. there's no moment where you think this is so rehearsed or this is you know it's not it's not iron fist season 2 you know it's <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not like oh do that do this do that oh what do i do now i do this i do that it's just like you know it's it's natural it's mm-hmm. like it's like breathing for him and again like these guys obviously they're putting the they're you know there's acting involved in this stunt work obviously mm. it's like uh, you know i'm like oh i've got to get him oh no i've not got him Whoa, oh, you know there's there's a lot of acting going on like people people forget that that stunt people are like they can't act and that actually there is a lot of character stuff going on and and emotions and stuff and you know they've got to act like they're in pain even if they're not you know and stuff and yeah, I think I think it was a nice way. Again, I love the cramp the cramped area and and the because it takes a lot of in, ingenuity to mm. obviously if it's an open space and obviously there's a bit more room and there's a bit more ability to do stuff and but it t- it takes it's even harder to choreograph something so tight, so close knit while having to deal with three different other actors and and for it to look good and and stylish and cool. Mm. Um but yeah, I I loved it. I think I think all the action sequences in again in this just solid, great mm. stuff. And as you said, there's a really nice clear escalation in terms of what he has to face, but therefore a greater level of skill we see from him. Because next is the infamous bus into the kind of <laughs> warehouse oil slick scene, yeah. which you know I don't know if you watched Nobody that came out a couple of years ago with Better Call Saul. Yeah, year. yeah, yeah. And that was no. had an infamous like fight on a bus, which was really awesome. But I think this is up there as well. Like this, this scene with him taking on what half a dozen guys on maybe ten on, yeah. on the bus is is really awesome too. So good, so good. It, it did. Um, I did think about like Shang Chi when he was on the mm. when he was doing that another that good bus, bus fight. fight. Yeah, yeah. We got maybe we need to do a list of bus fights, mm. just all the bus fights ever. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was good. Again, the use of the environment. I think mm-hmm. is really important in these fight scenes. Um, again, it's the core. Like even in that one in the hallway, uses the it brings down the 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 light fixture mm-hmm. and uses that to kind of tie up all the axes and stuff. Again, it's him swinging around the poles mm-hmm. using the handles. You know, um, even when he leaves the bus, he hits the like you know the cool <laughs> the cool button, yeah, yeah, for, to stop the bus and it goes with, like dings a bell and everything. Um, but yeah, there's this use of like. And again, fluid movement, just he's everywhere all at once. You can't, mm. you know, you, you, there's so much going on. Um, it, again, there's 
I think every time you could revisit that fight scene and notice a million different things mm-hmm. going on happening. Uh, but again, it's so seamless and so quick, fluid. Um, but it's fun. It's frenetic. It's and energetic, but that there's kind of a calmness to him as well. There's kind of um, an inner peace or something. There's an energy where it's like he's still, mm-hmm. he's you know, he's still waters run deep, but he's he's still on the inside. But he's just like mm. just de- dealing out all this stuff. Like it's like this is it's it's almost a bit like he's a, a little bit bored as well but in a good way like he's like ah, i can uh, it's fine when is this actually going to be a real fight for me yeah yeah when, when do i when do, and, and kind kind of we never really he never really meets someone that's his match does he in the just the big film. dude in the in the next section mm, yeah so before true. before they get so he once he leaves the bus suddenly another 20 guys come and one of them is like a big 7 8 foot tall Man, mountain, isn't he? And, and Statham is landing the hits, but nothing's really happening. So that's when he resorts to his um, clever tactic of covering himself in oil. Mm. It's so inventive and so clever. I, I, I'm guessing Corey Yen came up with it, or certainly somebody on his team. Yeah. But the scenes of the guys trying to grab him and like slipping up his arms, <laughs> it's just, it, I can't think of, it, of that ever being done before or since. It really is like mm. one of those like, what a clever scene that nobody has thought of doing before. It's so smart. I, I love I love it. I think um like when I saw it, I went, right, this is the high point. This is mm, the high point mm, of the film. Mm. I was like, this is go- this is gonna be amazing. And and yeah, I feel like I have seen something somewhere of a similar, similar nature, mm-hmm. but not nothing that's coming to mind. But I always think of this when I think of the transport. I always go, oh, that grease fight. Um, and I love that it's again, it's a very Jackie Chan thing. It uses mm-hmm. the environment, uses something to his advantage, puts them at, 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 at odds, and then they kind of recover and they're like, okay, I think we've got you now. And he's like, nah, nah, just get the get the bicycle. If it's um, a bike pedals on, doesn't it? Bike pedals, yeah. yeah. And just yeah, but I love the sliding about and the slipping and the because mm-hmm. they can't they can't grab hold of him. Everything, every punch they're ma- making doesn't really land as effectively as it should because there's no like you know he's got mm. no ground to you know feel that and feel those hits as much. So it's it's a great little advantage and and it's such a like clever just clever, mm. um, just a clever fight scene, well choreographed. Again, fun. Um, I'm just going to repeat myself again. I love this film, <laughs> right? I'm just going over how much I love it. It's great. It's good. Go and watch but that's, it. And that's when we get the one shot I was talking about, like the camera yeah. spinning around. And it's like him kicking like each guy in the face with his pedal foot whilst the other yeah. one's actually solidly planted. And it's great, isn't it? Because this scene ends with another bunch of guys storming in and shooting, looking like they're going to get him, but he uses the big dude as his shield. And mm. they fall backwards out the window. And it has this really strange little moment that when they fall into the river he sucks yeah. the last breath he like snugs the guy and sucks mm. the last breath out of his body so he can stay under for longer and swim away i, I like that though I, oh yeah it's great I, was, I thought i was like i was like because I, I think i think that was one of the moments where i was like i think i remember him doing this and then it, and, then it, and then it happens i'm like oh yeah and i quite like that because it kind of Again, there's a lot of this kind of macho posturing mm-hmm. and macho bullshit and stuff. And, and that actually reminded me, one of the IMDb mm. bits of trivia was that apparently initially it was written that Frank was going to be gay 
and that he was going to kind of reveal that throughout the film. The plot was basically the same, apart from from the sex scene where they have. Obviously, it was like, okay, he's definitely not gay, guys. He's yeah. definitely not gay. We <laughs> can't have a gay action hero. Oh no! Like I, I'm waiting for the day when we get a gay action mm-hmm, hero. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm st- I'm still waiting for that that one where it's like like it's proper macho, you know, like proper beefcake guy. But he just happens to be gay. He's mm-hmm. just a gay guy, and it's like a it's not a you know it's not necessarily a big deal. He just happens to be gay, but he's fucking incredible at fighting mm-hmm. and, and saving people's lives. I'm still waiting for that day. I'm so I'm surprised we haven't had it before or since. I feel like there is maybe some things here and there, but they're probably not that celebrated. But I I just want something like this, but like with mm-hmm. a gay protagonist, it would be great, and it'd be such a such a nice thing to see, something a different thing to see mm-hmm. uh, in these kind of things. But I think. Again, back then, obviously, it would probably have been too much of a risk, even in the early 2000s, mm. to do something like that box office-wise. Um, and that's probably why they did change it. I don't know if the state had input where he's like, mm, not sure about this, or you know, it's not really what I'm... Because it is his kind of vehicle, so he might mm. have thought... May, he might have had some sort of input there. Where he's like, no, I, don't, I just, I don't, I'm not feeling that from the character. But I, I can kind of see where they were going, because obviously he's like, I don't talk to people, I can, you know... You could see that character is in the closet with all these rules and he doesn't want to complicate his life, doesn't want to get involved with people or put them in danger. So I could kind of see that. But I like I like this kind of slightly not homoerotic at all. No. But then still still a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. There's still something there. And I was like, that's cool. Yeah, I liked it. It's a way to end an inventive action scene with an inventive moment because it's another cliche mm-hmm. that we get in action movies of the, the person going under the water and been able to hold their breath for like four hours whilst they sim away. And at least this tries to address that. There's a TV show, I don't know if you ever watched, called Alias with Jennifer Garner. It was a J.J. Abrams show, but she's mm-hmm. a spy on that. And that has a really cool scene when she drives a car, actually, and it goes underwater. Spoiler for Alias from 20 years ago. And she sucks the air out of the tyres. Well, that's James Bond, isn't it? He does that. Does he do that as well? Yeah, I think it's a view to a kill, I think. Or okay, like all that. right. So maybe they were but referencing it, that and homage that. But... I think I, I think they've said that that wouldn't work, though. It's like, really? I'm not sure sucking the last breath out of a guy that's been shot 50 <laughs> times would work either. But um... he just wanted a snog. Maybe he is gay. Maybe he is gay. He's that's at least it. bi. He's at least bi, I think. Yeah. Good for you, Frank. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Yeah, I, I thought I was a really... I love the bit where he they all come in with the guns the last lot of guys come in with all the guns and he just goes and he's like uh he's like down the slalom or whatever yeah they call it, yeah yeah sliding out um it reminds yeah, me yeah. there's like a little kid on a slip and slide in the back garden <laughs> yeah exactly that and it's uh it reminds me of the, there's a spider there's a very obscure spider-man villain called slide mm-hmm. and he has this kind of frictionless suit so he literally is like just he doesn't have like skates, but he kind of like slides down the the street, and you can't grab him because he's completely frictionless. You can't catch him. The webs don't stick. So that's you know um, quite obscure and quite very 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 low level, mm. low danger Spider Man villain. But he it's kind of that that concept that you can't. We won't catch be him. seeing him in Spider Man. <laughs> New, well, new home uh, the or way, whatever it's going to be called. Let's be honest. The way Sony are going, they're going to get to slide yeah. eventually. <laughs> they're going to run out of top-tier villains they can turn into heroes. And they're like, yeah, slide. Yeah. Let's, let's go for him. Uh, but, I mean, they've got that, um, what is it, El, El, uh, mm. El uh, Muerto. El Muerto they're doing, and he's only been in two comics. So Slide's next. Slide has been in more comics than two, so he's got more more uh, more ability to be a a character in a movie. But mm. yeah, um, yeah, and uh, and then I think it's and then after that it's kind Bring of the just finale. The, yeah, 
Yeah, it's kind of the Raiders thing, isn't it? It is, which starts very strange because he he gets the guy to um so he, he obviously swims and gets away and he finds a pilot, doesn't he? And he gets the guy to fly him to the convoy. Yeah. We're sort of skipping a few bits, but uh, they're, not really that, they're not really that important. We're just sticking to that scenes here, right? Yeah. What I found really weird about this moment was they kind of like Top Gun style buzz the tower. They fly really closely to the convoy to like announce, here I am, and then loop mm. around, and then he parachutes down. I, I couldn't, like, I just couldn't fathom <laughs> the logic of this. Like, if you're going to parachute, just stay high so they don't know you're coming. Or if you have to jump from the plane, come low and jump out the first time. Don't do a combination of both. Like, I'm no spy. I'm no action hero. But these two things don't seem to combine to me. Yeah, but I guess it's that, again, it's that kind of cockiness, isn't it? It's like, um, like the James, James Bond is, like, famous for being the worst spy in the world in a way, because mm. he's constantly telling people where he is, who he is, you know, what he's, what, who he's hanging about with, what he's doing. You know, there's that, that kind of element of like, ah, it doesn't matter. Or, or Iron Man going, oh yeah, come and attack my house, Mandarin. Yeah. Know, it's that kind of like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. bravado, that kind of macho posturing um, that we often get. And it's like, oh, I'll be fine. And it's like, you're not going to be fine. Um, so yeah, there is there is a bit of that. And he, he takes, he lands just about, doesn't he? He takes mm. the parachute off and then it goes, does it go on one of the other truck mm-hmm. or cover, covers them? Yeah. Um, I got confused which truck, because he, he gets one truck and I'm like, how does he know which one it is? Because mm. there was two, wasn't there? Mm. And they, ne- they never say what was in the other truck, do they? No, they don't. I don't know whether that's just the other 250 people and they're not worried about them or what. But <laughs> Just, yeah, sat them off. They'll, mm. they'll be fine. No, I thought that the same as well, because there were two trucks and like what, three or four cars. And mm. and they, ne- they, never, they never say what's inside either of them. They never say exactly which one is which. That was the only thing I was like, but which, well, which one is it? And how do mm. you know which one it is? And, you know, there's never a moment where he goes, oh, the container is this number or something like that, and then show the number or anything. So mm. it, was a bit, it was a bit of logic there. I was like, I was like, that could be full of anything. You know, it's not necessarily <laughs> the people, unless you've, unless you've maybe peaked it. Like, they just need to be like a little scene or something mm-hmm. where he like looks in or, you know, he finds something. But again, it's with all the, the stuff. Uh, it's in the on. transporter tie-in comic, much like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to find out how uh, Frank got his red arm. Can't yeah, wait. that's it, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I just need a little bit of... <laughs> Sorry, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, we, uh, yeah, I, I just needed a little bit of like why this one, why not the other one, mm. you know what I mean? Uh, or maybe if he, he got the other one, looked in it, or mm-hmm. it, it was like, oh no, they're not in this one, this is... The other, oh, I've got on the, I've gone on the wrong one. Or some something that just indicated why you would pick, or is it just like probably this one? You know, just. just I wonder if it's because it was the lead one. Maybe, maybe we missed it. Had the car surrounding it, or I don't, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I it was agree. Probably it, some, it was something that I, I felt the same watching it. I just needed like just a little something. Again, it's just a throwaway line, or or like, oh no, that's the other container, and that container's only got drugs in, or you know, or it's it's a it's a it's a, a decoy. Like, mm. yeah, if he, if he went in and he was like, ha, 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 this was a decoy and we've led you away, so no, you'll never catch up. It so, is something. like, yeah, because it is an exciting action, but it is probably the weakest part of the movie in terms of like, in terms of the, the writing, but his motivation as well. I don't know if he's there to save Lie or whether he's there because he morally thinks it's the right thing to do. He just, it, he's just there and gets in a truck and drives it off because then um, yeah. after the scene, you, mm. you have the kind of the, 
the face off with the with the dad with Lai's dad, mm. and she's sort of off to the side. She's not really involved in that scene, and it's I think he'd caused her car that she was in to crash. It was almost like he didn't care if she'd survived or not. Yeah, so I think this whole section is a little bit problematic, problematic in terms of like why he's there and what he's doing. Yeah, sto- storytelling. Like it, it's, I think that I think you're right. I think this is probably the weakest part of the film uh, because we've had such a great act. We've had a real like escalation in type of action sequences and i think this is maybe something maybe maybe he wasn't that comfortable doing or mm-hmm. maybe there was it's something he's not done it, it doesn't sound like it's something he's done before no. necessarily um for, again you've been watching the films um so it maybe it was something that they were like well, okay we'll try this and we'll do this and we've got to, it's got to be bigger but for me i've just been like because there are those films where you like, there's a great action sequence, but it, it's earlier in the film, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. sometimes the 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 finale is something like a bit, you know, it's a bit smaller in scale or it's a bit more muted, yeah. yeah, like um, you know, you've got your, for example, like Daredevil, the film Daredevil, you have the bullseye and Daredevil fighting in the church, and there's all this stuff they're throwing each other and all this other stuff, and then when he gets to the kingpin, it's quite a, you know, again, like you said, a muted battle, it's brief, it's not, isn't it? Yeah brief it's not you know it's more emotionally resonant more emotionally mm. important but it's not as lengthy or anything so there are there is something to be said for that and sometimes it does work but i think with this you know other, other than the him fighting in the in the not the cockpit but the driver's seat of the mm. of the truck with with um with wall street and knocking him out and him going ah! you know getting all destroyed afterwards i think after that and before that it's not mm-hmm. that interesting as a as a as a sequence i think you're right and again the you know the sequence with the guns and stuff and the the holding him up again is fine but yeah i think i i have to agree yeah it's probably after all this great stuff we've had mm. and it does kind of go a little bit at the end even though i really do enjoy the film on a whole mm. i i do think yeah it does kind of peter out at the end a little bit it's it's big but it's just not as successful i don't think and it, when you, whenever you're homaging something like Raiders, like it's going to be good probably, but it's never going to be as good. And mm. actually, the the scene at the end when he's like in the face off with the with the dad reminded me of Die Hard because he had like he had the uh, ah yeah, had yeah, it yeah. secretly behind him, didn't he? And I was waiting for that moment when he whipped the gun out and shot the dad. But of course, we get that that next twist where actually Lai shoots her dad from mm. from behind. Yeah. So I what think, doesn't remind you of Die Hard? Though? Well, good point. I mean, probably I'm the only one that noticed <laughs> that. But to me, you're you're you know you're homaging Raiders and Die Hard. Yeah, these are pretty high targets to try and achieve. Mm, yeah, it doesn't quite work. And the yeah. ending is very like it's like we open up the truck, we see that there's yeah, some, that's it. That's, some people, yeah, and it's that's, like we're out. Yeah, it's but, weird. But that, that also kind of goes back to those kind of. Those those nineties films though those nineties mm. action films there's a lot of those which just like Holloman I've talked about Holloman on the podcast and I talked about uh, Showdown in in Little Tokyo mm. again mm. they just they just go done guys dead end of we're off you know it's it's not there's no like resolution it's like oh how do we rebuild or how do we do this or how do we move on or what are we going to be together there's none of that it's just that, done. That was the story. That is the story. And I, I kind of, in a way, I kind of respect those endings a little mm-hmm, bit, but mm-hmm. also part of me kind of wants a little bit more, just a little bit more, not loads, not like a whole like epilogue or anything, but just a little bit of like, oh, we're okay now or something, mm. you know, or, you know, some kind of resolution. But 
Yeah, I think I think you're right though. Talking about the the there's no personal stakes mm. in that whole truck thing because again we don't spend a lot of time with him personally. We, again, there's not much dialogue between him and Wall Street. Like Wall Street is kind of just the henchman, but I do like he's a good henchman, mm. but there is not a whole lot to his character or you know, uh, you know, his kind of tips and what have you. It's just like, ha, 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 I like the transport. He's got rules. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then one fight, which is very brief and establishes yeah. that Wall Street is a threat to the transporter. I I think they needed some more dialogue here. I agree. In that yeah. scene and, and more like emotional stakes, like, oh, you'll never get on that truck or you, you're on the wrong truck or, you know, it could have been, there could have been something like that or, you know, something to do with maybe something to do with lying her, the people in that car or something. They just needed a bit more mm-hmm. context and plot and story and character development. Again, the action scenes are fine. Mm-hmm. It's not the best. It's not the worst I've ever seen. But yeah, I think I think we lose our we lose a lot of the stuff we built up mm-hmm. throughout this film. The the um, the the goodwill let's call it, mm. uh, throughout this film for the characters, for the situation, for the, the people in the container. We kind of forget. And the, the people in the containers, even though it's the plot point, it's not very, they don't, like, it's kind of like, oh, human trafficking is the thing. Mm. Um, it's, it's just a device. Like, it, it doesn't do anything. Yeah, it, like, it, literally, it literally could have been anything in that truck, let's mm. be honest. Could have mm. been a bomb, could have been nuclear weapons, could have been whatever, um, you know, it could have been... It doesn't matter what it is, but mm. like it, the the only real shot we get of that is you know the open and the kid runs out, you know, mm. which is nice. And it's a lovely little scene, um, but yeah, I think I think you're right. I think we've lost something of the film when we get to that point, and something of the journey for the character's journey. There's a film called Premium Rush. I don't know if you've seen it with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's a bike courier. Yeah, I've seen the trailer. I which think I, I think I did. I did a bit already. Of research, sounds but... like a crazy, but. It's, it's a film I often end up showing in my day job at school um, okay. when you've got that bit of time. And the kids always think, like, what on earth? Why am I watching this? By mm. the end, you're so caught up in it because it's so kinetic. It's like he's called Wiley in it. And he, it's meant to be Wiley Coyote, right? It's meant to be that mm. kind of Looney Tunes style. But that brings in a human trafficking plot within it. But the stakes are personal because the because it's... There is a child again involved, of course there is, because, you know, hang it on a child. But it's the child of one of the characters within the film. So the overarching plot is human trafficking is obviously bad. And here's a group of people. We don't want them to be human trafficked. But, again, sorry, spoilers for Premium Rush, everybody. But there's a personal family connection, and she's a friend of Wiley's, and somehow and she requested him to be the bike courier of this ticket. So, But as you just said, it makes it personal, it makes it emotional. So it works better in that movie, whereas here it's just like, here's these random people of somebody he recently slept with and met. Yeah. Okay. I think I think what makes it weaker as well is that that weak twist that we were talking about with her not actually being a victim of human trafficking. Mm, mm. I think if she was a victim of human trafficking, that would make that connection that much stronger. Like she'd be like, my little boy is in that container. My family is in that container. Yeah. If, yeah, the, the like I, I said- the, weapon I think three. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There's no sorry, if we, before. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, exactly. I haven't seen the Lethal Weapon films in ages. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think if they just kept that, I get, I get that they're like, oh, twists and turns, and oh, she's manipulating him, and oh, she's not all like she's, she's not this perfect woman we all think. 
you know, I get that they wanted to do that, but I think again, it would have, it would have upped the stakes. And, and also if the truck was in danger mm-hmm. and that maybe if we, you know, I'm not saying like make it a Justice League film where we have like one Russian family just yeah. near, near all the danger that they, <laughs> and for some reason they've not left, um, you know, in this irradiated wasteland. Um, you know, I, I, all I'm saying is maybe just to show some of the people within the, because we don't actually see the people until the end, do we, in the, in the container? No, we no, no, literally, it. like it stops as a shot, as you said, the doors open. Yeah. And that's they sort it. of come towards the front of the trailer from the back out in the darkness. Yeah. I think if there's just a few more of those of of what it's actually like in there, mm. like if there's people lying next to dead bodies or there's, you know, again, it's, it's fucking gruesome, mm. but it would get that, again, it would get that connection across, like he's fighting to save their lives. It's not such a selfish thing. Like you said, you, you're not quite sure why he's still doing it. He mm. could potentially, she's lied to him. He could be like, right, fuck her then. You know, it's not mm. my business, nothing my thing. I don't want to complicate my life. I'm off. I'm out. You know, I've almost died. Mm-hmm. He could he could easily say that, but obviously he's a better he's a better man than that. But I yeah, I I totally agree. Uh, as much as I've been like absolutely, you know, <laughs> um, just basically just being like just gushing over this film, I do really enjoy it. I know you're a fan, but yeah, I, I do agree. There is something to be said for the kind of it is a bit of a rushed ending as well. Mm. It kind of feels a little bit like, uh, and we're here. You know, the grease fight, grease fight, grease fight, yeah, and well, then end. That's know. the other issue is that we we hit that peak with the with the grease fight and we have been on yeah. the trajectory up mm. and then just peters out and drops down, unfortunately. And, they, you know, there were probably ways that they would like to go back and fix it or there are ways they think, that, you know, they, they could have done it differently. This is where they went. And I think, you know, you've mentioned it a couple of times. The Bond template is definitely here. And that, you know, that ends with normally with a with a larger action scene to finish with a Bond girl in some sort of yeah. jeopardy. And she may have been on his side, but not on his side partway through the movie. And she may be somewhat of a femme fatale. So I think it's just aping that, isn't it? Yeah, there's definitely like Bond usually has some sort of vehicular thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's always some it's either skis or it's in a plane or a helicopter or in a car in a, one of the bond cars or something like that there's always and that's usually kind of the finale or it's a blimp or wherever they are and <laughs> you know you name it you name a bond film they've probably done it um so yeah or a sub or whatever but uh yeah it's definitely it's kind of a it's mishmash of a lot of those things. Like you said, all those kind of people that he was inspired mm-hmm. by. Again, we've talked about the kind of wheelman films that it's kind of inspired. And, you know, it's definitely in that kind of, in that kind of vibe, but it's, it's also kind of its own thing as well. There's a lot of mm. Asian, the Asian influence, like you said, the Hong Kong, like Kung Fu, Wuxia stuff. Um, and again, that, that kind of sprinkling of, of the European flavor as well. Like I, I know we have not really talked about it, but I really love the, the French cop in this mm-hmm. like the, and the dynamic they have, the kind of like kind of little rivalry and the mm-hmm. fun and the, and the playful kind of banter that they have. I think he's really good. I think he's a really good um, actor. I think he plays his role very well. And there's, there's a lot of fun to be had with that, but yeah, I, th- I think he's really good. I know we've not really gone on about him, but I think he's, he's probably the best actor in it as well. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, he's, he's really great in his role, even though it's very, very brief. Oh, well, and, and you know he did a, he did a good job to the point that he's going to get invited back. So um, 
when we're yes. talking about we've got a chance to talk about them again and i think just to finish up before we, we do all the wrap-ups sure I, I do you know you've touched upon it again there it is important to think about the european influences upon this i mean we know besson and letier are french we know it's set in france and mm-hmm. to me as well as those wheelman as well as those like steve mcqueen clint eastwood sylvester stallone bruce lee it made me think of like um like jean jean pierre melville like french new wave gangster movies or like yeah. um, the Alan Delon. I absolutely love a movie called Le Samurai, which is, yes, yes. again, another character you could see may well have been an influence upon the writing and then maybe in something they may have shown Jason Statham in terms of his character, that kind of silent, stoic, right. sticking to rules. They all, all of those templates are in those movies too. I need to do some French New Wave for, uh, for my podcast, I think. I'm, a, I'm available. Help. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. You know me, I love all the different uh, <laughs> wonderful wonderful genres out there, all the mm. weird and wonderful ones. So that's definitely one. Um, you know, I talked about our, uh, the Patreon, my Patreon on Spider Dan and the Super Wars, will have enjoyed my top five Osploitation films, which was, uh, which was a fun list to compile. Um, that's a YouTube video that's there. Um, so uh, pay some money and see some good stuff uh, <laughs> um, but yeah I definitely want to dive into some more of that sort of stuff that'd be cool but yeah no um, yeah I, I think I think you're absolutely right and uh, I love all the I'll be honest like I, I say oh I've not, not seen many French films and I'm like all the French films I've probably seen are Luc Besson films <laughs> sure pretty much i'm like yeah i've seen all, i've seen most of those um but yeah so yeah i definitely definitely want to uh, dive in there but yeah absolutely there's a lot of flavor a lot of influences but they all come together and make a fairly fairly brilliant film yeah i mean obviously being best on i mean he he is massively influenced by by the you know the french number of films we're talking about mm-hmm. looking at all of the characters that he's done and there um, you know the professional even like Bruce Willis's character in Fifth Heaven, I think you can look back and and you can tie into into those influences from the past as well. Mm. So um, maybe that that's an experiment to do, which is looking at some French New Wave, and then um, you, maybe you can tie it back into to Besson. You can build yourself back up to it. Oh yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Nice. We'll 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 germinate on that. We'll germinate on that. But, um, <laughs> let's let's just discuss future and admin for for your show whilst we're doing my show. Great, I love it. So bo- yeah, so boring, so boring, so so interesting. <laughs> we well, we did it. I did it. When did we do? We did it on the Disney discussions. Yeah, we did proper. I think that stayed in the whole podcast. Was just yeah. just like when when are you available? Oh, we'll do that. When are we available? Okay, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, do you want to run it? You want to edit it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> just all that bullshit. Um, but you just get you get chatting, don't you? Yeah, uh, okay. yeah. But I'm, uh, it's it's nice to have. Uh, um, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing some of uh, uh, the badder kind of uh, Statham films as mm-hmm. as your uh, podcast goes on because I've I've seen a couple of brilliant ones so I'm, I've been quite lucky I think you have you picked a couple of good ones so far and you know you're at least going to be back for two more transporters and we'll see how you feel, feel Revi- revisiting number two because I know that you've seen it and you're a fan and then mm-hmm. I think you know seeing what you think of number three and how it finishes off the Stath transporter mm. era obviously because we know it goes on to be another film and then a tv show doesn't it i guess yeah i guess reboot is it refueled transporter refueled mm. i think it's the villain from deadpool deadpool Does yeah it? i can't think ed, ed screen is that his name i think yeah that's him that's him yeah um and there was a tv show as well i didn't know that there was yeah which i don't mm. think lasted very long no I, that's probably why i didn't hear of it no exactly yeah, i'm looking forward to those 
All right. So let's get into some letterbox reviews before we get your and the the one you know the most important review is yours. Of course, yeah. Um, somebody who I'm going to—it seems like I'm going to talk about a lot because I think this guy's beating me to to the punch in terms of seeing most of Jason Statham's uh, films. Is a guy called Lou Shoemaker on Letterboxd because he yeah. always seems to approach them from the safe perspective too. But he says compared to the six films that came before it, The Transporter is a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> Manner from Heaven in the form of Jason Statham dance fighting in Motor Oil. In reality, it's not quite that good. The worst scene, I want to talk about this actually, is and will forever remain when Jason Statham gives a drink to the girl in his trunk and romantic music music kicks in. Yeah. That's the scene though that I think knows what it's doing. And I think that is a mm. that that's the most James Bondy piss take scene. Because we know when we look back at James Bond, it's it's leery and lechery and the way that he treats women is yeah. not acceptable. And I think that this is the scene where it's playing on that because what he's doing is obviously odd and strange. The way he's treating her is wrong, and it brings in this really like cheesy romantic music. I do think I do think that's doing it. Yeah, from a knowing I, place. I, I, I don't guess. Know yeah, I guess. Agree. It's kind of it's kind of a. I think I've got mixed feelings about it. Um, I think I can kind of see what they're doing in a way, but also I think you can view it as like. Ooh, he thinks her being tied up and mm. helpless is sexy mm. and it's turning him on or yeah I think I think you could view it both ways I'm not sh- quite sure how I feel but I did I did notice it definitely when mm. it happened I was like okay this is a, a take I'm not sure not sure where I quite stand on it but obviously he does help her and he you know he gives her the drink or but that that might be his kink though he might be a feeder he might might want to fatten her up <laughs> you never know that might be his thing um dealing origina and uh yeah giving it to tied up ladies yeah i'm sure there's somebody out there with that fetish but that is it i mean it's a it's a unique fetish but i'm sure somebody has it Mm. Um, but yeah it's yeah it's kind of not quite sure how i feel about that one i'll be honest Mm. it's kind of i can see it in both in both ways yeah fair enough okay this guy goes on to say what really makes the action scenes work is not their brilliant choreography or cinematography both are fine but not amazing it's statham himself with his cool professionalism and a face that looks like it was cut from solid granite, he can turn any hallway decent action scene into a rousing good time. This is the kind of film that would go on to become his bread and butter. Lou knows his shit. Yeah, that's a great review. Mm. Steve G says, all I'm saying is we should respect the state. Because before Neo action kicked in in this decade, this is what I was referring to earlier, Jason Statham was almost propping up the action film all by himself. He was toiling in a thankless task in a genre that nobody really seemed to want to watch anymore, yet he kept churning them out and along the way made some very decent ones indeed. The Transporter doesn't hold up as well on a rewatch as I would have hoped. It's a bit stop-start and the ending didn't feel as big as it should have been. At the same time, as a couple of outstanding scenes, and no review of this film is complete without a reference to an expression of what the fuck about the now infamous oil slick fight scene. Truly a marvel of film thinking, then perfectly executed. Yeah. Great. Another great review. Yeah. Spot on. These guys know what they're talking about. Noah Thompson says, this movie was fucking stupid. Entire <laughs> scenes felt cut out. Some of the story was borderline incoherent. There were multiple continuity mistakes. The soundtrack is so painfully 2000s it hurts. 
and some of the line deliveries made me laugh out loud. That being said, there's also a fight scene where a sweaty, bare-chested Jason Statham fights a gang of thugs weeding phallic weaponry. At one point in the fight, he spills over a sticky substance that drenches the gang and himself. Uh, when the fight ends with him jumping out of a window and into a body of water, he briefly puts his lips against the lips of one of the thugs to get oxygen. In other words, that scene alone gives this film its respective rating, which he said was three and a half stars and alike. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I mean, he's looking for that for that gay subtext that's clearly in the film. Isn't Absolutely, he? yeah. He's seen that, so it maybe maybe that was it. Maybe there was those little moments where they were like, "We'll just leave that in the script, just mm. um, like maybe just a little or a little hint to what was or what could have been, maybe." So, yeah, interesting. Finally, Statham gets to be Statham. That's the intent of this movie: a vehicle for him to do absurdist action shit and allow the viewer to chuck popcorn down their gullets. Nothing more and nothing less. Fair enough. Yeah. And then, you know, by balance, we should have something which doesn't like the film. I don't know why. They must be crazy. Uh, much like the state's aptitude for accent work, where you're supposed to be American here, Jason, this is very, very weak. The plot is uninspired. The villains are caricatures. The soundtrack truly offends the ears. These people have become the soundtrack. I love it. Yeah. And the action is far too infrequent and not nearly as dumb as it needs to be. A woefully poor effort. The one redeeming moment, guess what? Is a fight sequence where everyone slides about on a thick soup of engine oil. That bit was pretty slick. Everyone loves the engine oil. Mm. And then, just to finish off, from Mario, not nearly as good as I remembered it, but two and a half extra stars for Jason Statham. Gotta love Jason Statham. I yeah, concur. absolutely. Absolutely. I had to hand on yeah. that, Mario, because, you know, you gotta love Jason Statham. You gotta, you gotta. And that's what this podcast is all about. Fantastic. I think I think the consensus is it's it's pretty good to great. Mm -hmm. I'd say. I think the general consensus for it, and I think you know, I think I'd agree with that. So where do you fall on the uh, on the three tiers? Do you reckon okay. it's a classic, worth catching, or completest only? Uh, classic, absolutely a classic. I think. Again, we've gone over the kind of the, the dodgier parts. There's stuff, there's parts of it that you might not enjoy. There's mm -hmm. there's parts of it that may not, you know, tickle your fancy. But if you are looking for the state, if you are looking for mm -hmm. a, a state film to start you off, mm -hmm. I think this is I think this is fantastic. Again, choreography is great. Um, there's there's enough there to keep your attention. And I think the influences are there. And I think that does help in a way to get you on board because you've mm -hmm. seen all these mm -hmm. previous type of films before, um, you know, be it the Bond or the Wheelman films or the the Kung Fu stuff or the Luc Besson stuff. You've got a you've got a familiarity with it, and I think all this does it goes right all of that, but Statham. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's the glue that holds it all together is Statham. I think, like I said, I don't think there's anybody else you could put in this film. I don't think there's anybody who could have held it together as well as he does. Uh, absolute consummate professional performer. Again, does all the stuff. He went above and beyond, like we've said. He's done mm -hmm. all these things. He's not half-assed it. He is giving it his absolute all. And I, I do think it's a, it's a classic, an absolute mm -hmm. stone-cold classic. Again, you know, we've, we've discussed the problems, but I really enjoy it. It's fun. 
and yeah i can't get enough of it and i actually i know people have been saying that oh it's not as good on a rewatch but i actually i actually really enjoyed this coming mm. back to it and i was like i i forgot how good it was i mm. forgot how good these sequences are and and i i still like i said it's still i still remembered moments from it even though it's been maybe i don't know maybe 10 years since i've seen it or something maybe maybe longer maybe shorter but you know, it, it was there in my in the recesses of my mind, the back of my memory. So it, it had an impact on me. It had an effect, mm. you know. And when the second one came out, I bought the second one. You know, I was like, yeah, this is this is exactly what I want from it, you know. And there you go. But, yeah, absolutely think this is a, a Stone Cold classic. Mm. I disagree with them, and I agree with you. This is a classic all day. There's pretty much the only thing that's better than this is Transporter 2. And we will be there very soon. Yes, I can't wait. Can't wait. All right. Thank you again for coming on the show and providing your unique perspective. What have you got coming up fairly soon that people can make Ooh. sure they tune in for? So we will be out in two weeks time. Two weeks time. Okay. So um, so I think my uh, I'm doing this week, I'm mm-hmm. doing Ms. Marvel uh, with Tonya, Rhea, Mike, and Megan. So that will have come out. Um, I'm doing my Shakespeare uh, podcast with Tony uh, and James Aquilon about his new Kickstarter project. So that'll have been out. My uh, my um, podcast, Black Swissation, Pam Greer podcast, mm. Clone Balls, will be out uh, this Friday with... Uh, with um, with Tonya and Rhea again, excellent. One of my honestly, one of my best podcasts I think I've ever done. It's really, really good, and they're top tier as well. Um, but I think what's coming out around about now will be my another Clone Wars, probably the last one this year. I think I've done enough uh, recently, <laughs> so uh, it's going to be uh, me and Mike from uh, Genuine Chit Chat and from the Comics in Motion family, and we're going to be comparing. Uh, Maximum Carnage, the Spider-Man and Carnage and Venom event, with Absolute Carnage, the more modern one. Mm. Um, And Mike's going to talk about his love for Carnage as a character, uh, who he has described as his antithesis, because he's obviously a very methodical, organised, sensible young man, but Carnage is all anarchy and chaos. Mm. So it's a really interesting chat. Goes on. It's a long one. I'd say it's a long one. I think maybe about two and a half hours. We'll see. We'll see how much I can cut out of it or not cut out of it. Um, but yeah, that that'll be that'll be the one that's probably out around this time. So uh, so yeah, that'll be that'll be an interesting one. Because so it's not even a it's not even just a comic book or another comic book. It's an event. Mm. So we get to talk about the good and the bad things about events as well. And we'll talk about uh, Venom. Let there be carnage, which Mike is a big fan of. I am not, uh, <laughs> but um, but fair play to him. It's kind of a little bit of a secret defenders too, but um, nice. but yeah, it's uh, so there's a bit of that. So there's a nice bit of um, there's again with the yeah with another discussion I had not so long ago. It was more uh, with the Batman v Superman one. It was more about more of the other stuff before we compare. But mm. yeah, really really good, uh, really interesting, and great guests as well. They've been all amazing and and been so nice to have me on their podcast as well. So go check those out. Interesting to hear Mike cast himself in the narrator role. We need to unleash his inner Tyler, I think. That's going to be my pet project. Turn Mike into Tyler. Get it. Be- make him become, unleash the, let there be carnage. Let Mike's yeah, carnage yeah. come out. Yeah. Add a little nearly anarchy into your life. 
Yeah, a little bit. It's all right. It's find the find the balance. You got to find that balance. Mm. Just yeah, a little bit of chaos, a little bit of organization, bit of both, bit of both. Let it all out. But uh, but yeah, thank you again for having me on. It's been fantastic, and I can't wait for the next one. Mm. Well, thank you again, mate, and thank you everyone else for listening and partaking in this journey with me through the stage filmography. That was the transporter. Next up in a fortnight from me is the Italian job, followed by collateral for anyone that is watching along. I've been I'm Jack's Musings, and that's J-A-C-S, and you can find me on Twitter, where I'm most active. You can also contact the show directly on Twitter under the name Back to the Filmog, and make sure you use the hashtag Follow the Filmography. This show has been presented to you by the Pop Grillers, a collection of hive minds who provide spoiler-free reviews of anything from pop culture in less time than it takes to listen to a song. I'm also a proud member of the Comics Emotion family, a super place full of the world's greatest people, dedicated to bringing you podcasts on a variety of geeky topics. So please make sure you take the time to search, subscribe and rate our shows whenever and wherever you listen. Until next time, be excellent to each other and make sure you take the time to treat yourself too. I am Jack signing off. Yippee-ki-yay, movie lovers.